Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me, as always on Tuesday, Mr. Matthew Rooney and a special World Cup edition, surprise, present, Producer Dan in the house. You may recognize him from the Blogger Bowl. He pops in from time to time, and he's wearing a lovely World Cup 94 because we've had a World Cup here in the United States, haven't we, Dano? Yeah, that was news to noobs. Uh, Yeah, 94. Uh, I remember when the U.S. actually – Matt was talking about when Chicago did not get the Olympics. I remember when they announced that the U.S. was going to get the World Cup, and I was like – God, this would probably would have been like 1989. I've probably been like four or five years old at this point. And I remember thinking, ooh, there's going to be games in Chicago. That's not far from Atlanta because when you're a kid, you have no concept of geography. So I uh, did not far. get to go to any World Cup games. Uh, Atlanta will be a host in four years, but I'm living in Connecticut now. Uh, New York, I don't remember if Boston got picked or not. Hopefully not. That stadium's a dump. <laughs> uh, but New York will probably be the closest that I have. And I think Philly might have gotten picked too. Philly did. did get picked. Philly did. So that'll be good. Uh, I don't think Chicago – got picked i don't think chicago is soldier, soldier field, field also with all due respect to be a disaster well it's in the summer so i mean i don't think That's you have to worry too much about so, soldier field would be a disaster holding hosting a world dumb. cup event it's, it's just, soldier field hosted now, games in 94 if uh, it just now at this point it's a dump since the uh yes. the edition's bad it's a getting in and out of there is one of the worst experiences you can imagine going to a game just leaving that stadium takes it takes you an hour just to get a, block, a couple blocks away from the stadium. It's just a disgusting experience. Uh, but hopefully soon we got a new uh, new Bears Park in Arlington Park, and well, everything will be all better. So like I'm going to tease this real quick as a way of saying, you know how much times have changed in the 28 years since the United States' last hosted a World Cup. Do you want to venture a guess as to what city the United States' first game in 1994 was played in? Pittsburgh. No, but actually not the worst guess – Cincinnati. No, similarly not terrible guess. Omaha, Nebraska. No, it was played at the Silverdome in Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Okay. They had to bring in, they literally put down real grass inside of a domed stadium. Yeah. Welcome to 1994, kids. Don't they do that in Arizona? But they have it like the in the Cardinal Stadium, real glass. Yeah, but no, they they have it on like almost like a treadmill. Like they just kind of like. It's they fun. roll it out of the stadium so that way they can get it can get sunlight and they can water it and all that and then they'll roll it back into. The- I would I would love to see that actually happen. Like that would be fascinating. I've seen them change the floors from hockey to basketball and vice versa. I would love to see the Cardinals roll the grass out of the stadium. That would be wild. Yeah, there's a video you can see it. Uh, I've never I never saw them do that. I did go to I did cover a Fiesta Bowl out there, so I have seen the field, but I didn't see them actually uh, conveyor belt in the turf you I think got. reed would let us cover a fiesta bowl now oh yeah I mean, if we want to pay for it ourselves probably no they can pay for it oh uh, maybe fiesta bowl is a semifinal this year so who knows perhaps we'll get you guys in the tostitos hats and whatnot but we digress because there is world cup soccer today yeah. and part of the reason that dano is with us is because well i mean i like to think of the spirit of the world cup is betting on something that i really know mostly nothing about and somehow making money thanks to all these high scoring second halves it continues to be good again we're looking at the highest scoring second half for an ecuador senegal just need yeah. one more goal in netherlands we might get that but the usa they have to win today dano Yes. So if you're, I should have put together a a graphic of the standings, but as it sits right now, 
England in first place in Group B on four points, Iran in second place on three, the United States on two, and Wales on one. So obviously a draw does the United States no good. They need to win today to advance. It's a pretty simple scenario, a win, and you're in any other result, and you are out. Uh, I put together a bet. So if you guys, you guys know me very well at this point, we've been working together for a year and a half at this point. This bet is very unsurprising coming from you. You guys know that I am very negative when it comes to my sporting teams. However, I'm a big fan of what I like to call the happiness hedge, which is betting on the results I don't want to happen. So that way, if the team I'm rooting for loses, then they will, then I still win some money. So in the spirit of that, I have put together a bet that I also don't think is a bad bet in general. And the reasoning is this. Iran just needs a draw. Iran gets through with a draw unless Wales pulls off a three-goal win against England, which is unlikely. I don't think that England is going to go lightly on Wales. They obviously are very likely going to go through, but they don't. They can't just coast. They get through with a draw, but... It's like playing your little brother for England. You just don't want to lose to your little brother. So I think they're going to come out and they're going to play for a win against Wales, a team that they should be able to beat by a couple of goals, although they should have beat, they should have been able to beat the U.S. and they got outplayed. But so the U.S. is going to need to win this game. Iran just gets through with a draw. So Iran has no impetus to try to play aggressively in this game. They can sit back. They can they can absorb some pressure from the U.S. and then counterattack off of that. And if the U.S. gets desperate, if they go a while without scoring in this game, if this is a 0-0 halftime game, then the U.S. is really going to have to press and really going to have to come forward and try to score goals, which is going to open them up uh, to the Iranian attack on the other side of the field. This Iran team is very good. They're very well coached. They're very experienced. It's a fun kind of matchup because this is the oldest team in the tournament, Iran, against the second youngest team in the tournament in the United States. But Iran's manager has done a really good job of managing the minutes for his team. So they aren't really going to be having tired legs out there because he has managed some of his uh, more experienced older players in that regard. Uh, the U.S. lineup in this game is going to be fascinating. I haven't seen it come through yet on Twitter. They usually will announce it probably now, uh, probably around like 1230, 1 o'clock. I would assume they'll probably announce the lineup for today. The U.S. did not squad rotate at all. So... They have played a lot of guys, a lot of minutes. Now, these are young guys, but some key guys like Weston McKinney came into the tournament a bit injured. He's played a lot of minutes. How effective is he going to be be playing his third game in, I think, eight days now? Uh, if he is starting, where's Brendan Aronson in this situation? He's only played about, I think, like 37 minutes so far in this tournament, maybe a little bit more. Gio Reyna's only played seven minutes. He might be their most overall talented player. There's some weird things going on there. Is he injured? Is he not? And then there's the age-old question with the United States of who's going to start at striker uh, or forward, however you want to call it, or is the U.S. better served to not have a forward on the field because that means that they're having one of their better players off the field because I think that the U.S.'s best players, uh, their best lineup doesn't feature a forward, but those are the guys who are supposed to score goals. The U.S. can win this game. They absolutely can win this game. Should they be expected to win this game? I don't know. I think this game's a real toss-up. I think the situation favors Iran in so many ways. The U.S., after all, has looked pretty good so far. They've played, honestly, they've played three really good halves, and then the the second half against Wales might knock them out of this tournament. But they haven't been able to put the goals, and they only have one goal so far, the Timothy Weah goal in the first half against Wales. So this team is going to have to find a way to score goals, and, you know, 
I posted it on Twitter this morning, the uh, Landon Donovan goal against Algeria in 2010. I've seen some people kind of make that comparison. I think this Iranian team is better than that one. And the Algeria in the uh, American team in 2010 was a lot more experienced. You had guys like Landon Donovan, who was playing in his third World Cup. You had uh, Clint Dempsey was on the roster in 2006. You had Carlos Bocanegra. You had a bunch of like older defenders on that team. This U.S. team is very inexperienced in this spot. I would like to see, obviously want to see them win. I hope they win. I think they can win. But even like it's one of those things where it's like heart says the U.S. is going to win. Head says the situation doesn't set up very well for them. I like the happiness hedge. I mean, again, they should win, like you said. And just to be clear, it's for some reason I thought you meant oldest team like Iran's been in the tournament the longest. It's I think you just mean average age of player. average age. Yes. That's why I was a little confused at first. Yeah. But yeah, I like that look. I'm going to cheer for USA. I'm going with exactly one goal in the first half. And this is completely based on nothing other than a, a gut feel. I just I think at some point we do see a goal in this first half. And then either one of these teams, again, if it's the U.S., we've seen them score a goal and try to really park the bus. I think we'll see a slow second half there in Iran. I, I think kind of what you were talking and we were mentioning before the show, they don't really have an impetus necessary to play for goals. Now, maybe the U.S. does something silly and kind of lets one get in at that point, And then they Iran can really park the bus. But we'll see. I think this is going to be maybe a little bit of um, a divergence from what we've seen, low-scoring first half, high-scoring second half, where we get a goal in the first half and it probably just finishes one nothing. But I'm excited. I know Matt's excited. Matt, did you have any degen bets for us? Yeah, you can bet like to, like U.S. to win to nil, right? Yeah. That's that. That was the bet I wanted to come in. I was I was scrolling for the odds on FanDuel quickly. Couldn't find them right away, but I think that's going to be my bet. Basically, I'm just going to go full patriotic on this one. Back in America, we're going to shut them out. Um, full meatball here. We're, we're America, America three to nothing. USA three to nothing. I love it. I should have mentioned because I didn't actually say the bet for anyone listening to the podcast version of this. It's uh, my bet is Iran or draw at minus 120. If you can't find that at your book, you'll probably get similar odds on just us to be eliminated in the group stage, which is basically the same bet. Uh, I think Matt or Iran plus half a goal would be the other option. Check your options. There's been a lot of mistakes. I was looking earlier today, guys, in this Netherlands game. Um, Netherlands to win 2-0 was plus 525, but either team to win 2-0 was plus 600. So search the board. Look for your options. There's uh, again, there's a lot going on out there. So yeah, Iran, Iran or draw, or again, Iran plus half a goal, like you said, U.S. to be eliminated. Can we think of any other way to, to phrase that? I think there's the only three ways. Yeah, I think that's right. I'm trying yeah. to find if FanDuel FanDuel has result and both to score. I'm trying to find result and not both teams to score. If that makes sense for Matt, because that's kind of what he was looking for. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I saw too. I'm, I'm looking forward to. I mean, I'm sure I can find it somewhere if I look hard enough. Yeah, you just kind of have to root around. If you haven't been betting the World Cup, you kind of have to just root around in your book of choice because there's so many options and they're listed in so many different ways. And yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, I don't know. I can't find it. Nevertheless. <laughs> we'll get into it. A lot of excitement. Soccer. I'm really enjoying the World Cup. Let's see. Did anybody score again? No, Senegal now up 2-1 on Ecuador. Yeah, there were, there were two goals in a span of about three minutes of game time in that game. Ecuador gets through with a draw. Senegal has to win. So kind of similar situation uh, in that game. And Ecuador played really – I thought Ecuador was a little bit lackadaisical in the first half. Uh, they have appeared to wake up, but obviously a team like uh, Senegal that's got a lot of talent and ability to score, that's going to open you up, and that's what happened there. So uh, as of now, Netherlands wins that group, Senegal in second place. Obviously the United States, uh, I assume the United States, if England loses the U.S. wins, and U.S. wins, they win the group, right? Yeah. So the U.S. can technically still win the group. I would assume that England won and whoever else is number two. So 
uh, England would probably play Senegal, and then the U.S. or Iran or Wales would end up playing uh, the Netherlands in the round of 16. I can dig it. I like it quite a bit. All right, let's get into some other sports. What do we have up next here, Dano? Is it uh, NBA? The, the NBA, yes. It's a Tuesday. Yeah, actual event. No, not really a lot. Just three games here tonight. Um, and again, looks are pretty sparing. Um, I do have a team total here. Again, we're just going to kind of keep fading the Detroit Pistons. Quickly, though, if I look at the other two games, I mean, the, the marquee game tonight will be Mavericks, Warriors. The uh, Warriors are short favorites. Uh, just a hard team to handicap given the way they've switched up their lineups. Thought about maybe taking the Mavericks as an underdog there. Um, have it basically, you know, Mavericks minus one. I'm looking at Mavericks plus one and a half. So well, not the worst look in the world. And then the Blazers game is very odd. No Kawhi, no Paul George, and the Blazers still just short favorites. But the Detroit Pistons continue to be without Kate Cunningham. Marvin Bagley is now questionable tonight with both of those guys out. Um, this team is really going to struggle to score points. Under 110 and a half, you should be able to find everywhere. Um, you know, once this opens up a little bit more, I'll be looking to play maybe some under 105 and a half at an alt price, maybe even some under 100 at an alt price here tonight. Um, again, we've seen this Knicks team, whether it be on the road, whether it be on at home, they really can D up nicely. They take advantage of some of these bad teams and, and really just tie them down. Again, good spot for the Knicks tonight, just nobody from Detroit that's going to score the basketball. So unless we see a very high-paced game or maybe just some sort of aberrant shooting here from Detroit, should come in very comfortably under this number. Had this closer to 106 myself. And, you know, we'll just keep riding this for as, as long. It's just tough for the market to, I think, adjust these totals and adjust these spreads for all the injuries that are happening, and specifically these team totals. I mean, it's again, I, I could see Detroit maybe getting over this number with a few crazy things going, but happy to go under this. And again, we'll go under some smaller numbers. So fade Detroit. I love it. I like it. Never a problem fading Detroit here. Yeah. Now, as a Chicago guy, I'm, I'm sure, and it's it's just tough. I mean, Detroit again. That's um, we were talking. Was that the first World Cup game? Was it Detroit when we held, held the World Cup? I would assume oh, yeah. so. Typically, the host country gets to play the first game, but I don't know if that's always been the case or if that uh, changed. Let's see, June 18th, June 19th. No, it was not the first game of the tournament. In fact, if this uh, goes the order that I, th- yeah, if it if it goes the order it's listed on Wikipedia. We talked about it. Soldier Field hosted the first game of the 1994 World Cup. Uh, Germany one nothing winner over Bolivia at Soldier Field. And then Spain and South Korea played to a 2-2 draw at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. And that was 28 years ago. And I can tell you guys that the Cotton Bowl Stadium probably 28 years ago was probably still a massive piece of shit. I love it because that's where Texas and Oklahoma play every year. But that stadium <laughs> was built in the 1930s. And it looks like it. I mean, it's better than Soldier Field, where the addition actually made the field worse. It made right. the stadium worse. Yes, they did renovate. They did do some renovations to the Cotton Bowl a few years back to kind of modernize it a little bit, at least make it yeah. playable for the 21st century. But uh, yeah, so the to, to circle back on it, it was the Rose Bowl, Stanford Stadium, the Silver Dome, Giant Stadium in East Rutherford, the Cotton Bowl, Soldier Field, the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Foxborough, and RFK Stadium in Detroit. Like... The quality in stadium from where they were in 94 to where they're going to be four years from now. And I mean, granted, it's going to be 30 plus years. So, I mean, I get it. But like, yeah. massive difference in the quality of stadiums. I think Arrowhead is the only like crappy NFL stadium where they're going to be playing World Cup games. That will still be yeah. It'll be very exciting. And it is going to be cool, but not just cold, which is what happens when we play hockey. That's it's very good, cold. It's on ice. Good tradition. That's why I've got the hat on. 
Uh, I don't have a pick for your Flyers game tonight, unfortunately. I was looking at their uh, I was looking at their odds against the Islanders, and like I wanted to find a way to bet them, but I just don't trust them against the Islanders tonight. The, the Flyers have unfortunately, after that nice start, kind of faded back a little bit. That's okay though. I think they still have pretty good young core, but I do have two that picks. Was the plan. Uh, yeah, a bigger NHL slate tonight. Uh, usually, it's weird the NBA and the NHL like trade turns having the bigger slate, and one has a big, a smaller slate, the other has a bigger one. Uh, just a pair of picks. I would, the marquee matchup in the NHL tonight is probably the Lightning at the Bruins. I was thinking about taking a Bruins minus one and a half there. They are, the Bruins are off to an 18-3 and three start. They're the best team in hockey right now, and the Lightning played last night. But just something about the Lightning and taking their, betting against them to cover one and a half just scares me. They're still a very, very good hockey team. So I stayed away from that one. But if you wanted a pick for the marquee game tonight, that's probably what I'd go with. Uh, Canadians host the Sharks. The Sharks are one of the worst teams in hockey, if not the worst hockey in Montreal. A little bit of a lower start to the season, uh, but they're playing pretty well now. They have a nice young core. Their goaltending's gotten better. San Jose, on the other hand, goaltending's been terrible. They're banged up. Excuse me. They've uh, they've allowed 17 goals, I believe it is, over their last three games. Uh, Montreal hasn't scored a ton and over the over their they've won three out of four, but they've been scoring enough to win hockey games and playing good enough defense to win hockey games. And like I said, San Jose has allowed 17 goals in their last three. That's uh, I know you guys aren't the biggest of hockey guys, but that's what we call not good. Um, and then the Kraken are plus money on the money line in L.A. tonight. Uh, both teams pretty solid off to good starts this year. Seattle's off to a much better start than people expected. I believe they're leading the Pacific Division. If they're not leading it, they're right up there near the top. They've won five in a row. They're plus money on the money line. I know it's on the road, but I just don't – I see a team playing really, really good hockey against the King team, Kings team that's been solid this year but not quite as good as Seattle. I'm going to take the value on the plus money. Seattle, excuse me, has gotten good uh, good goaltending this year. They, uh, San Jose's allowed 17 goals over their last three games. I believe Seattle scored 17 goals over the last three games, so they're playing pretty with their, their offense is really clicking. Uh, they have some nice, talented pieces in their top six. Their goaltending has been fine. I'm going to take them. I think their plus money money line is just too much value to pass up here on the late night game. So we got an early pick in Montreal on the money line and a late night pick with Seattle plus money on the money line. Noops, I don't know if you ever do this, but uh, like once every like two or three months, I just look at the hockey standings to see who's doing well. Cause I don't like, I love the sport. I just don't follow it regularly. Mm-hmm. So I happen to have it open. The Kraken are in second place behind the Golden Knights. Uh, oh, that's right. Vegas, great start. Yeah. My, my one question for you, Matt, because I don't follow hockey sure. regularly. Uh, the New Jersey Devils are good, question mark? Yeah. No, that's, uh, that nobody saw that one coming. Okay. It's almost one, it's kind of like, I don't want to. I don't want to say it's like the fraud football team, like the NFL team that start like the Bears. Like a few years ago, they started uh, the COVID year started like six and one, and they beat Tom Brady on that Thursday night where he forgot what down it was. But <laughs> you knew they sucked. I about the that. Devils, I like. I don't think the Devils are that bad, but at some point there's going to be a comeback down. I think for them, it's about getting as many points as early in the season as possible while you're this hot to kind of stamp your spot in the playoffs so you can't afford to falter in the second half. But credit to them. They're, just, they're playing really, really good hockey right now. They're getting good goaltending. They're scoring a ton of goals. I'm not totally sure it's sustainable at this point, uh, with especially how, how good and how deep the Eastern Conference is. But if they can rack up enough points early, they're going to give themselves a chance there at the end to, to hold on and make a playoff spot. Yeah, they're the second best team in the league behind the Bruins on goal yeah. differential. It's it's one of the more like, huh? Kind of just no one really understands it, but they're playing really good hockey. 
did they find a way to get Martin Brodeur back somehow? Like, did they go back in time and bring him yeah. forward? I, I think I think they went back in time and they uh, they're, they're disguising him in somebody else's jersey. Got got a mm. younger version of Martin Brodeur. His prime version brought him back to the time machine. I mean, if you were ever going to clone people, goalies and quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Yep. That's it. <laughs> we've got hockey. We've got basketball. We've got soccer. But the tennis, tennis persists. I love yeah. that I have tennis for Matt. I love how excited Matt is for tennis, and I am excited oh, I, too. I, I, I love because you, you, it's something I don't know much about, and it gives me a chance to bet on something that I don't know about with a chance to get some value. So I'm not just guessing and picking. It is really nice. That's that's a good way to sum it up. And again, uh, it's amazing. We continue. We've got a little tournament in Andorra. Um, two picks we gave out yesterday that we'll be playing this afternoon, and found one more for tomorrow. Uh, kudos to us, Allison Van Uyckbank. We scooped her up at minus one ten yesterday. She is out to minus one forty five, almost minus one fifty again. Kind of right where I had that number. So hopefully you got her yesterday. Skip on her now. Nina Stojanovic, we grabbed her at plus 190 yesterday. Still seeing that around. Um, this match should start around 115, 130 or so Eastern time. Um, again, just kind of going form and timing of the year with a younger player here against Shui Zhang, a tour veteran who does generally beat players that she's better than. But for the last couple of weeks, looks like she's really just been kind of showing up, um, going through business here, collecting whatever points and checks she gets for these small tournaments and kind of going home, really just playing some poor tennis. And as good as she can be indoors, have this match much closer before considering some of those other things. So having to take Stojanovic again, plus 190 yesterday, still seeing that around. Anything plus 175 or better is just fine. And then tomorrow, Tatana Maria, another very good um, indoor player goes up against Victoria Jimenez Kostanseva. Kostanseva is somebody that we bet on a handful of times. has done well for us as an underdog here, but now comes in as a short favorite in a match that um, I have her as the underdog here, you know, pretty comfortably. Honestly, I would have um, Maria here closer to minus 130, almost minus 135. Again, really like her game indoors. Um, no travel problems for her whatsoever. Kostanseva has been in South America for the last month or so, has to come back to play in this match, whereas Maria has been winning a couple matches the last couple weeks all throughout Europe, all indoors here. So in better form from what I can see, more accustomed to the situation we're going to have. And you know, given the year she's had, should be the favorite anyway. So give me Tatana Maria. That'll be early tomorrow morning possibly again these matches have all been kind of morning eastern time to early afternoon so we'll see the order of play is not out but Stajanovic that'll be an hour hour and a half or so after we wrap Tatana Maria tomorrow I'm doing a plus money parlay I love it I'm I wrapping s- those two up the one I time like I went to the U.S. Open I was wandering around one of the, the outer courts where there's like three or four courts like right next to each other and just was like sitting there watching Tatiana Maria play and I was like I have no idea who she is and this was like three years three or four I years. really like that name it's a good name yeah. It is a fun name, and she's a fun style to watch. She um, slices the ball a lot. It's a lot more creative Same. version of Not tennis. Wants to play a lot. At, well, that's true. It helps in tennis to slice. Sorry, more than it does sorry. In the I golf couldn't. Course. I couldn't. I couldn't resist that one. That was way too easy of a shot to take it myself. It was a shot at yourself, which is why yeah. I don't mind. But I'm a yeah, she's a fun player to watch. And I mean, Dan, that is the best part of the U.S. Open for anybody that hasn't gone. It's like going to a tennis amusement park. There's like in the center, there's all these food and drinks and little goofy things to do. But then you go out to the perimeter and you can find a perch where there's six tennis matches you can see. And you can see them comfortably. It's just it's fantastic. So I'm glad that you had that experience. And we'll see if we can carry that over for Miss Maria. Yeah. Now, is there any other sports? Did Andy give us any college basketball we can pretend we made up? No, there's no college basketball, and Matt's saving. The, obviously, we've, we've reached the end of the regular season in college football, so there's only like no seven matching. or eight games this week. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put the pressure well, on Matt. Friday I'm, afternoon. I was going to say, I'm going to put the pressure on you now to uh, 
to have to come up with a bet. So noobs. I mean, we're going to go underdog and over. Yeah, well, true. I well, it's know. not traditional action though, so yeah. I don't know. We're gonna have to take so, a look. I might actually Buffalo have to Bulls, handicap this one. The Buffalo Bulls are five and six. Do you remember when they had to move the the Bills game to Detroit because of the snowstorm? The again. No, 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 the last one. Yeah, no, I know. Are they going to the do that one. again? Well, so, no. They had oh. to. They postponed the Buffalo-Akron game the day before, and they haven't played it yet. So, oh. Buffalo needs to win this game to get bowl eligible. So, they're making up a – and Akron's like 3-8 and eight or 2-9 and nine or something they're like done. that. They're terrible. And they have to go to Buffalo at 1 p.m. Eastern on Friday for a makeup game. So, Akron yeah. Akron Moneyline. And, like yeah, so yeah, whatever. So we're gonna maybe, maybe they'll be so mad that they have to do it that they play really well and eliminate so, Buffalo from bowl contention. Do you think we'll I see one of those you, like someone bets five hundred thousand on like the Buffalo money line to win yeah. like ten grand or something stupid? Like, Probably. is it so huge? I, is it really that big of a line? I would assume it would be. Uh, I think it's twelve. Last I saw, it is twelve and a half. Buffalo's only minus four sixty five on the money only. line. Uh, total is fifty five and a half. So I'm making a producer producer decision, and Matt, with whatever championship game bets you make on Friday, you have to come armed with a bet for a game that starts literally an hour after the show ends. Well, I will for sure. I mean, it, I'm not going to not bet Friday afternoon match. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? That's what I live for on this show. Yeah. That's, so we'll have that. I will happily and also, do that. <laughs> uh, after the U.S. soccer game today at 4 o'clock Eastern, Matt and I will break down what happened this past weekend in college football on the Blogger Ball, which is really just going to be us talking shit about Ohio State. Mostly, yeah, pretty so, much. Yeah, so you can check Ooh, that I like that. I yeah. love that. Yeah, as an old Penn Ryan State Day, fan, born I love on third that. base. Yeah, born on third base. <laughs> the Ohio State story. Uh, Penn State might end up in the Rose Bowl, probably not, but they're going to end up in a nice bowl. So there you go. I like the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl's fun, and it just continues the Penn State tradition of having one loss and no chance at making the championship whatsoever because Michigan just ruins everything. But they did just get the number one offensive tackle prospect uh, in the country to say he's coming back for a senior year. So they're actually there's going to be a ton of hype next year about Penn State. They're going to have a lot coming back. And most importantly, there's going to be one position where they're not having a lot coming back. And that's at quarterback, which means they that's might actually thing, have though. a good quarterback. now. Yeah. Sean Clifford. We don't need quarterbacks. Hey. A national championship with Kerry Collins. Just run the ball. <laughs> Here, here's some Penn State like reason to be optimistic. Before these last two years, all anybody said about Jim Harbaugh was he could never win the big one. They'd never get by Ohio State. That's what people say about Penn State too. So like he's shown that you can do it if you make the proper adjustments. Penn State's actually been recruiting better than Michigan the last few years. Like they, they James Franklin's recruiting classes are not the problem. All it takes is one, and then this, then the ball starts to get rolling downhill. All it takes is one big win. We can beat Ohio State. We got that. That's not yeah. a problem. It's this Michigan team. That you get Michigan at home next year again. Who knows? I like and that. just wait a couple of years. They're going to do away with divisions, so you might not even have to play both of those teams every year anymore. That's a good point. You might have to start playing point. USC, but like that's that would actually be fun. Yeah. They're not any good. <laughs> USC football, a bunch of West Coasters come out here. Can Soft. you imagine? Can you imagine USC playing football in Pennsylvania in like November? I, I'm gonna be. I'm interested to see how that goes. Like Those when they California play their boys. when they play some of their road games, because like for the reason Notre Dame USC isn't on Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving weekend every year is because USC refuses to play in South Bend that late in the year because they don't want to be cold. But I'm like, when it becomes conference play, like 
it, are they going to be scheduled in Happy Valley in November? Like, is that going to be 40, a thing? Are they going to be able to do it? Have to do it? I would love it. Forty degrees, no, like thirty-eight degrees and rainy, just mm. dark black oh, sky. Penn State fans—they don't care. They were do, born for this. Do all of the Big Ten stadiums have lights? I assume they do at this point, but yeah. I can't imagine. USC and UCLA are coming to this league without a guarantee that like they're not going to have to play any like 11 a.m. kickoffs at Ryan Field in Evanston. <laughs> like I'm Rutgers guessing, at 1030 in the morning. I need to see that game. Rutgers I need at to see. In the morning. Let's do it. November 4th, USC and USC playing in that wind and the other weather Ohio State played in at Western, like the 30 mile an hour winds and raining. I need to see USC play in that at 11 a.m. at Ryan Field. That would just that would make that would make everything. That'd be it'd be perfect. Be so There's got to be a guarantee that that's my happening. heart would be so. Full. I, hope, I hope not, but I can't imagine that's part of it. God, everyone's just gonna hate USC and UCLA in that league for the preferential treatment they're gonna get. Oh, it's gonna oh, be yeah. so fantastic. I love it. Just more reason to hate people from LA, folks. And that's what we do here on Brown Bag Bets. Screw the Lakers. Screw USC. Screw UCLA. I don't even know what other teams. Oh, the Dodgers. The Dodgers are boring. They spend a lot of money and lose. What a bunch of noodles. Did I miss anyone? I think I got everybody. The, oh, they had the team, the soccer team won. They beat. The they did. They did. Jerks. But they said too much money or something. I don't know. <laughs> they had Gareth Bale. That had to be expensive. I digress, and I think we've gone basically. Totally and that's brown bag bets. <laughs> no more sports for us today. Thanks everybody for watching. I'll be back tomorrow with Andy. Maybe we'll write the ship somehow. Probably not. Andy and I'll probably start with five minutes of just completely non sequitur nonsense. But until then. Have a great day and best of luck. Go USA.